When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the program. Excuse the little gaff at the beginning, but, you know, we're back on track. How you doing, Sunil? Man, Rohan, you over here cutting yourself off, bro. Like, it's your own show. You over here just interrupting oh, yourself. Who would have thought? Uh, the intro. You know, maybe it's just because I wanted to see the intro video a little sooner. You know, <laughs> it is a sweet video intro video. always gets us hyped up. So It is yeah. a sweet intro video, so I, I can't be mad at you. Yeah, man. But, uh, hey, how's it going? 49ers talk we're back yeah man and and i love the fact that you pick some topics that not necessarily surrounded around the qb controversy because you know we've been talking talking that up quite a bit oh yeah oh yeah and i think that's where we start right the the topic on the on the forefront right now of twitter on on some minds the edge conversation i mean we've heard a lot about drake jackson we definitely have but you know, what do we do with the 49ers and their edge position going forward? Daniel Hunter's been dabbled in trade rumors. Chase Young's been dabbled in trade rumors. And there's still a couple of guys that they can go out and sign. Let's start, though, with Daniel Hunter, right? Daniel Hunter, what are you thinking there? Do you think that it's a realistic option? And what would you do if you were the 49ers? Well, first off, it's 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 saying Brandon Ayuk at the bottom, so I don't know if that's what you wanted it to say. Second question is: Is it Danielle or Daniel? Because I thought it's Daniel Hunter this whole time, but um, you're pronouncing it Dan Daniel. I don't know which one it is, but I'm gonna go with Daniel Hunter because I think that's how his name is actually pronounced. So as far as Edge, it's interesting because I think the 49ers do have to, you know. It, it's not a foregone conclusion that they need to make a move. And what I mean by that is they have to decide if what they have on the roster is good enough. And specifically, we're talking about Drake Jackson, because if you do bring in somebody, uh, it's going to obviously cut into the development of Drake Jackson. So is that, do they feel like they know enough about Drake to cut that off because the people that you're talking about, Rowan, Daniel Hunter, Chase Young, and, you know, you mentioned Yannick Ngakwe as well. All of these guys aren't looking for to be part of a one-year rental. They want long-term contracts. They want, especially Daniel Hunter, wants big money on top of that. So how the 49ers approach that is, is going to be interesting. The second point to that to me is, I do think it's extremely important that they figure this outside edge rusher out, though. With the roster that the 49ers have, 
um, especially across the defensive line. 75% of that is already set, right? We know right. Uh, Ridgeway, we know Armstead, we know obviously Bosa. With the 70, that 75% of that defensive line, the fourth, whomever that fourth person is, is going to get a lot of opportunity for one-on-one action. And they have to be a big contributor. Otherwise, it can nullify everything else because they can then obviously offensive lines can really just hone in on the three others and not really have to focus on uh, the fourth member. So I do think that's something that could definitely affect winning for the 49ers is having a really effective uh, fourth member of that defensive line. You mentioned a lot of great names, and we'll start with Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter, I think out of all of them, is opportune. And what I mean by that, he's young, he's proven, meaning he's already proven to be productive in this league. The only downfall is you are going to have to give up assets to get him. And he's looking for a big contract. And can the 49ers swing that? The reason why, um, you know, it's not working out for him in Minnesota is they're not willing to pay him the type of money that he's looking for. I don't know if the 49ers have the bankroll to be able to do that, especially with already signed Ridgeway. They already have Armstead on big money. And we all know that Bosa is probably going to reset the market for edge. Can they really dish out to edge? Uh, huge contracts, I doubt it, then does it really make sense to give up assets for a one-year rental? Because that's what Daniel Hunter would be. Um, what do you think? To me, the way that I look at it, we good now? We good? I can't hear you. Hmm. I don't know if the, if the, it could be me though. I am not sure, but, uh-oh. Chat, let me know if you guys can hear me as I continue talking. Chat, could you guys hear Rohan? If if so, then we'll continue on Daniel Hunter. If not, then I will back out. Can anybody in the chat let us know if you can hear Rohan? Okay, so I guess I'm good. Okay, but um, talking on Daniel Hunter, about him specifically – I think that, I mean, Daniel Hunter would be a solid, solid addition for the 49ers. You pointed out his age. He's only 28 years old. He's on the last year of his deal. And when we talk about a guy like Daniel Hunter, I know you bring up that he's looking for a new contract. I think what the 49ers would do, though, is they would guarantee the entirety of Daniel Hunter's salary, which would be $5.5 million if he was on the 49ers. It'd be a $5.5 million cap hit. And... I think that he, they guarantee the entirety of that deal and probably put a clause that they can't do anything with this contract to keep him in San Francisco another year, allowing him to hit the open market next year. And so for Daniel Hunter, I, I do think that that's an option. I think the 49ers definitely could look to trade for Daniel Hunter. The point Daniel brought up, though, is the trade package. You have to give up assets in order to obtain a guy like Daniel Hunter. And that's unfortunate, right? Because you don't necessarily want to give up assets when there are other options available that you might not have to, uh, uh, you know, pay 
or trade enough assets for. And we'll talk about packages that you could compile for Daniel Hunter or a guy like that. But I do wonder if he'd be willing to go to a place where you don't necessarily get a contract extension, but you get the guarantee that you're going to be a free agent next year. And you get to capitalize with a team like the 49ers. And I think that that would um, definitely be, you know, helpful for Daniel Hunter because he's an automatic starter. And it's a place where while he's been injured in the past, you know, he isn't having as much responsibility as he did in Minnesota where he was the lead guy. He did, you know, he'd see consistent double teams and things like that. You're going to be in a good spot if you're Daniel Hunter um, in the in a 49ers uniform. The only thing is, you know, what do you what do you want that necessarily? And I think the 49ers can make it work. It's just do you trade assets for that? Sunil, I've got to ask you now with Daniel Hunter, would you involve Trey Lance in the trade package? Uh oh, now we can't hear Sunil. Or now I can't. But as he as we get that fixed, Daniel Hunter, I mean, a lot of a lot of people have pointed out Oh, there we go. You can go hear me? Yep. Cool. So I was actually asked this question because um on, on Jesse's show last night. I think there was that Bleacher report that, that had come out that put together certain tra- trade packages for Daniil, and the one for the 49ers was Trey, Hunt, Trey and a fourth-round pick for Daniil Hunter. So the way that I would look at this is, do I feel like Daniil Hunter – is Daniil Hunter a move that I feel puts the 49ers over the hump to win a Super Bowl, right? Because otherwise, you mentioned you know the money – he's he's going to be a one-year rental type of thing even if he you, you know you're giving up assets you're guaranteeing contracts just to know that he's going to walk next year regardless of what happens right so the only way to make this move is if you feel like he's a legitimate part of a super bowl winning roster yeah and if you're including trey lance in that you have to think that daniel hunter is more important to the 49ers winning the Super Bowl than Trey Trey Lance would be. And I guess I look at this two ways. If you believe that Brock Purdy is the guy, you look at it like you're trading a backup quarterback, your backup quarterback, because you think Brock Purdy is number one, for a very productive pass rusher, which is a no-brainer, right? If this is... Sam Darnold instead of Trey Lance, we're not even thinking twice. We're like, absolutely, trade Sam Darnold for this. But the reason why I think there's so much hesitation is, one, I don't think everybody looks at Trey Lance as a backup quarterback. And, two, because of the 49ers' woes at the quarterback position and not necessarily knowing how healthy Brock Purdy is going to be or what he's going to look like coming back, to me it's more important to keep Trey Lance on the roster. Uh, for the 49ers' chances to win a Super Bowl because if history has shown us one thing about the 49ers is all the quarterbacks on the roster are going to get a chance to start sometime in the year. And I would much rather start Trey Lance over Sam Darnold. And I think that that's going to be giving us a better chance to win a Super Bowl than Trey Lance not being on the roster and Daniil Hunter being on the roster. So to me, I'm not including Trey Lance for this. In fact, I don't really, unless we're trading, you know, fourth and below 
picks because of what the 49ers are going to need to recoup in, in upcoming drafts due to losing guys and stuff like that just because of contracts coming up. I'm really, I'm really not willing to put good assets, good tra- draft capital in a player like Daniel Hunter because he's not going to be here next year. So to me, I, I find I find it very small chance that Hunter is on the 49ers roster this year. Yeah, I don't think the chance is high, but if we talk about a package, I think Trey Lance makes a little more sense now for the for the Minnesota Vikings as compared to the past, especially in a topic that we'll get to in a little bit. Kirk Cousins has now told Vikings that he is not going to um, do any more extension talks. He wants to be a free agent next year. And so Minnesota, obviously under Kevin O'Connell and under – Kevin O'Connell runs a similar system because it's that McVay offense – but under under that new regime, they might look for their next quarterback and understand that while they might not be high enough to select a guy, they could get another guy for cheap in Trey Lance before uh, attempting to solve their quarterback issues uh, in the future. And so I can understand why that package might be enticing. You get you essentially um, get two years of Lance, and it's a very similar situation to their rivals in Jordan Love. Love didn't play the first three years of his uh, of his rookie deal which would be similar to Lance if he sits on the bench this next year. And then instead of taking his fifth-year option, you could do an extension for a year, which is essentially a two-year trial for Trey Lance if they believe in him um, as a starting NFL quarterback. And there are teams that believe in Trey Lance as a starter in the NFL. And the 49ers are also one of those teams. George Kittle earlier this week said how he believes he's a starting uh, a starting caliber NFL quarterback, uh, putting a good amount of praise in the 49ers backup right now, and I think that's a good sign. However, you're right, Daniel Hunter, I don't know if the 49ers want to do it just because of the trade package. Um, I don't know if they want to give up assets, and you also do lose $2 million in cap space if you trade Trey Lance this offseason, and it might be in their best interest to keep the guy. Um, But it's a possibility, and I think the same goes for Chase Young. And I'm not going to reiterate, um, you know, the question, would you trade Trey Lance for Chase Young? But rather, you got two options. Who would you pick if the 49ers were to trade for a player? Chase Young, the guy who's on his fifth year, or not fifth year, his last year of his rookie deal, younger, obviously with the potential, or Daniel Hunter, the proven option? So before I answer that question, I want to say it's a no-brainer for Minnesota to take Trey Lance. Like, if, if the 49ers offered Trey Lance in a trade, they're taking that no no questions asked. Daniel Hunter isn't even didn't even like participate in the offseason workouts and stuff like that for right now. I think they know that they need to get get rid of Daniel Hunter because you know things they're they're rebuilding or whatnot. And obviously Trey Lance being from that area and Minnesota has already you know stated they had an interest in in drafting Trey Lance. So absolutely like that would be a no-brainer for minnesota i don't think that it it makes sense for the 49ers now to answer your your next question who would i rather have daniel hunter or chase young daniel hunter i I want the proven uh player daniel hunter isn't that much older than chase young he's still relatively young um guy as well and for me chase young the injury woes are too much like I don't want another injury prone or a player that hasn't been able to show that they could stay healthy 
in our on our defensive line or on our team at all, right? Daniel Hunter has proven he could play 10.5 sacks last year, proven he could stay healthy, and we can't say the same for Chase Young. He obviously showed promise his rookie season, but after that, it's been trying to get back on the field and 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 look like what he looked like um, on that rookie in his rookie year. So for me, it's a no brainer. Daniel Hunter would be the guy that I'd go after if I had to go after one of those two. I think I honestly agree, and this is this is tough because Chase Young has good potential. That's that's uh, that was seen in his rookie season. He's he's a solid pass rusher when healthy. However, there's an understanding that this is Chase Young's last year on that contract, so there's no guarantee that you have team control over Chase Young for him to um, reach back and get that potential should he be traded. You know, and sh- uh, you know should he should he come back from injury? Uh, well, this to start week one. There's no there's no guarantee about that. So if you're looking at a Super Bowl and if the package is similar for a one year rental. You probably want the more proven guy that can help you win that Super Bowl on the one year that they're under contract. And so I think Chase, uh, sorry, Daniel Hunter makes the most sense there. Absolutely. I mean, I guess the one thing going is Chase Young coming to the 49ers. That would be him and Bosa reuniting. So maybe there's mm-hmm. some some play there. Obviously, um, Kosarik having that type of talent to develop. We've seen what he's done with far lesser talent. So there's a lot of upside with Chase Young, but and, and there and I would say out of the two of those, Chase Young would probably be the easier one to be able to retain, just because they have that tie with Bosa and the 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 um, coaching of Kosrick. You could probably see even if Chase Young has like a solid year this year, if they got him, maybe signing a one year deal just to kind of prove you know, to get that big money contract, like have two years back to back. So the 49ers could re-sign him on a one-year deal and then he could go into that next offseason trying to get big money. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of what ifs and ifs, ands, or buts. And if you're giving up assets, you want a short thing. You don't want uh, potential. You're not, you don't want to trade good assets for a team right now that really needs to keep drafting well to stay on top of the on top on top of their game um for potential i would say and the other one portion that i'll include it's likelier that you're able to retain i mean to get chase young without having him demand for a new contract daniel hunter obviously the biggest issue is he wants a new deal and the vikings are willing to give him that he's 28 and he probably doesn't fit well into their long-term plans and so that's the thing chase young on the other hand he's a guy who's looking to prove it, right? He's on a one-year prove-it deal. That could be the case. But let's get into some of these questions surrounding the topic. Supreme69 says, is Trey Lance part of the deal if the 49ers are willing to get one of these two guys? Do you think that it's a guarantee that Lance would be traded if the 49ers go this route? I think there's a there's a 5% chance that Lance is traded. <laughs> I don't think that... Oh, no, no, no. In the, in, if the 49ers were to get one of these guys, you don't no. think Lance is a part of the package? Got it. Okay. No, I, I don't think that they're willing to trade Lance for any of these guys. No, I think okay, that's a that's a that's a good take, a hot take there. I know a lot of people are in, immediately pointing out that oh, Daniel Hunter, let's move Trey Lance in a fourth round pick. Let's move Trey Lance in a fifth round pick. But sure, yeah, but um, you know, Trey I think Lance, those same people are very anti Trey. Don't think that Trey is a good play. like. It's the same crowd that's saying let's move Trey. Like, it's definitely not the team. Yeah. <laughs> 
Other question here. Good question here from Kali. If we get Neil Hunter, what message does that send to Drake Jackson? A guy the 49ers have been hyping up this entire offseason and have given the keys so far to that starting position. Yeah, absolutely. We, we talked about it, or I talked about it earlier and when we were answering this question. It would definitely cut into his development. So if they're going after a guy like Daniel Hunter or Chase Young, uh, for that matter, they're basically saying that, you know, Drake, you haven't showed us enough. So we need to go out here and and uh, and get better at that position. And, you know, it, it, they're basically saying that, you know, he's not the guy yet. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's not the guy forever, because obviously all of those guys are one year rentals. But at least for this upcoming season, they're saying that you haven't shown us enough that we could depend on you to be that fourth guy. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing as well with when it comes to Drake Jackson. If you there's obviously a plus and a minus side to adding the guy because you have Drake Jackson, a guy who the 49ers have shown belief in, but if you get to Neil Hunter, you have a solidified starter. And does it stunt Jackson's development? Yes. Does it uh, increase the 49ers Super Bowl odds? Yes. And so that's the that's the balance the 49ers are going to have to to weigh. Do they want do they believe in Jackson enough to see that his development will completely positively impact them on their Super Bowl run and that he can be sustainable for the entire season? Or do they think that they need a veteran option? Daniel Hunter, Chase Young, maybe even a guy who we'll talk about in a minute in Yannick Ngakwe. Do they need one of those guys? And if that's the case, they're telling Drake, we probably prefer you as a rotational piece for our future. We don't right now, we don't prefer you as a um as a starter and i don't think that that's too big of a negative because i think that drake jackson understands you've got four years on this rookie contract it likely means next year's the year where you really get to blossom as that starting defensive end once you get a little bigger once you know uh, like he said that was a that was a goal of his once he gets a little bigger and obviously another year under his belt that 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 could be the case but it does start his development in the short term for sure i agree Moving forward, um, Kali brings up a couple of options. Melvin Ingram, Justin Houston, and I brought up Yannick Ngakwe. If you were to go the route of getting another edge rusher, would you prefer a trade or free agent? Definitely free agent. And for all the reasons that I mentioned, like I think that, you know, I, I don't know if people are understanding. Obviously, I think I've le learned this more from you is just understanding where the 49ers cap situation is going to be. A lot of these guys that, you know, what the 49ers have basically done to uh, free up cap space in the past few years is back backload some of these contracts and guys like Ark Armstead, guys like George Kittle, um, these contracts are about to balloon up. So the only way to keep, to try to keep the roster as intact with guys like CMC, Bosa, Ayuk's uh, about to get paid. You know, I think that's an imperative contract that they need to get. Obviously, Bosa's about to get paid. They have to start drafting well. And the Ford, I mean, they always draft well, but the 49ers haven't had very many high end picks the last, you know, few years because of the Trey Lance trade. So they're just barely getting back first round pick. They're going to have a first and second round pick this upcoming year. You got to keep that and they that's the way that they're going to continue to stay competitive with the high roster is you got to have productive players 
high-end talent, productive players on uh, cheaper contracts, and you get that through the draft. So for me, it's all about saving that draft capital. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely looking for a free agent edge if I feel like that's a need. Um, and out of the three, you know, Melvin Ingram, Houston, or Ngakwe, hands down, it's Ngakwe for me if that's a, if that's a possibility. Yeah, and I mean, if you, I agree with you. Trade a free agent. It's clearly a free agent because I think the 49ers can recoup similar value that they can in a trade via free agency, and you don't lose assets in doing so, right? And that's the big that's the big thing uh, in free agency right now. 49ers, they have enough money. If they want to go after a guy, they have enough money. About $10 million in cap space. Obviously, you want to save some of that cap space for in-season acquisitions, for acquisitions after injury. And the more important part, the most hopeful part, is rollover into 2023 where, you know, you, you might be a little more cap-stricken and you can – or 2024, excuse me. And you can save some of that money uh, next year and have additional cap space to utilize. But if you're going after an edge um, – I prefer a free agent. I think that there's still a, a a variety of free agents on the board that if you want, you want veterans, you can go veterans. You want younger guys, you can go younger guys. You want run defenders, you can go run defenders. You want pass rush specialists, you can go pass rush specialists. I think there are a lot of different ways that they go, uh, they can go in free agency. Yannick Ngakwe, obviously the biggest uh, fish in the pond, recently signed agent Drew Rosenhaus to represent him. Rosenhaus, a, a top agent, which means he, he wants to get signed soon. Before free, uh, before training camp for sure, and I think Ngakwe. I don't think the 49ers land him if I'm being honest. But if he, they do, I mean, yes, that stunts Drake Jackson's development because Drake Jackson is primarily a pass rusher, and you're bringing in a pass rushing specialist and Ngakwe to fill that role. But I think that you know it's putting the best four on the field and Ngakwe alongside the group that the 49ers have obviously provides you with four legitimate pass rushing weapons on the field at the same time. Why do you feel like Ngakwe would go another route? Um, I would think money. Um, I, I think that, uh, first of all, money, but also the where does he have the best ability to shine? And I'm not saying that he doesn't in San Francisco because you do get one-on-one -on -one opportunities, but I'm wondering if he believes his numbers can be better elsewhere where there is one solidified option, but he could, he could be like the number two in a way and get – 10 plus sacks i don't know if he can get 10 plus sacks in san francisco with the amount of rotation that they do and also with the amount of like the, the stars of the talent that they have so if you were to um guess or if you were to i guess um hypothesize what type of let's say that the 49ers still think that drake jackson needs a year or two before he could be the full-time starter there what would be the player that you think the 49ers are eyeing and have the most realistic shot of bringing onto the roster? I think that that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a good question, right? Because there are a lot, like I said, uh, Houston and Engram are a couple of names on the board. I know I, I looked at it yesterday with uh, what do you call it with Marco and there are still like younger guys. I mean, or sorry, not younger guys. There are older guys that you might like Robert Quinn still on the board. Um, I believe Clowney is on the board, although he's just 30. Akeem Hicks is on the board. And then you've got the the two that uh, he brings up here. Jason Pierre-Paul, I believe, had a couple of sacks, a good amount of sacks last year as well. He's on the board. You can go that route. There are younger guys, Dewan Smoot, uh, Alqua Dean Muhammad from Chicago last year. Uh, Matthew Ioannidis, although he's more of an edge tackle uh, kind of hybrid kind of player. And so 
there are a lot of different. Is Frank Clark there. still there, or did he get signed? Somewhere? He got signed by the Broncos. I don't think he oh, would have been a good. fit with his uh, with his past. If I'm being honest, the guy that uh, that they might look for, Jadavion Clowney, run defending guy, bring in uh, Drake Jackson on pass rushing downs, improve him as a pass rusher, and uh, have Clowney be there on the run defending downs. Last year, the issue with Clowney, he quit on the team. His motor wasn't there. But I don't think that happens on a team like the 49ers where, you know, you're expected to be as talented as they are. seems like he wants to win. That's a that's a goal of his. And I don't think he'll have as, as many suitors as intended, understanding that he didn't really have a good year last year. And he's also not a solid – like not – it's not that he's not a solid, but he's not an elite pass rusher. And so I think that the 49ers could look to get Clowney on a one-year deal, 30-year-old. Make it incentive based based on uh you know snaps counted and all that kind of thing, but I think that that could be a realistic option. That's interesting. Clowney was on the Browns last year, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a bit of a red flag when you have that talented of a defensive line over there to have kind of like a down year. You wonder if you want to bring that kind of uh, player mentality into the culture that the 49ers have built. But on the on the flip side, the 49ers um, built a cut culture like that for a reason. And possibly yeah. could 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 uh, change around a player with that type of mentality as well. Yeah, he had a solid 2021. He had nine sacks, I believe, in 2021 when he was uh, playing more full time. Last year, obviously, with the injuries that went down, because I think Garrett had a end of season injury um, that caused him to miss like the last portion of the season. And I mean, that Browns team was dysfunctional in general. I think that you know he quit on the team. But I, you're right. There is a a, a bit of a red flag there. But I do think that place in the right situation Clowney can produce a little better um have a little better of a role especially if he comes in with the understanding that you know you're not going to be an every down guy we'll have other rotational pieces but you'll be able to be effective when you play yeah I just feel like the 49ers have straight away from that type of player um you know injury prone you know off the field issues not really off the field issues but just uh personality maybe uh flags there it doesn't seem like a 49er fit. I know all the reasons you kind of mentioned, but character-wise and health-wise, it doesn't seem like the right fit that the 49ers would bring in at this time. Yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely see. But there are a couple of options, like uh, like we mentioned. Edge will be a market that will definitely be looked at heading into camp because a lot of these players that are on the board, I don't think they're on the board when uh, uh, day one of camp comes just because you know that's where these the inflection point where these deals really start to get hammered. Uh, comes through. Do you feel like the 49ers, if it's not an edge, just any position, do you think that they're players with that 10 million in cap space? Do you think they're holding on to that because they are going to bring in some players before training camp that could be impact players? Or do you think they go more for just depth? The one position that I could see them bringing in some money or some a player in for, for that, uh, for some money is tackle. That's the only position, I think, apart from edge on the board that I could see. Depth is the issue at both positions, right? At edge, I've said it a couple of times. I only think there are three guarantees on the roster, Cleveland Farrell and Nick Bosa and Drake Jackson. I don't think there are more guarantees, and they normally want to roll with five edges on the on the team, four to, or five edges, maybe even six if they have five defensive tackles. But I think it'll be uh, a five-and-five five split or something like that this year. But... Edge, yeah, I, I think the edge is a position, but I, I got to go with offensive tackle because behind the two starters, and I mean, McKivitz itself is a question mark, but behind the two starters, 
I'm not confident in a single one of the backups. I, I'm not. I'm not. And I think that there are a couple of options out there that, you know, would be would be potential options. George Fant's a guy who played in uh, New York the last few years. He played both left tackle and right tackle. He could be a swing guy for the 49ers after getting cut this past offseason. Right. Or he might have been a free agent this past offseason. Wasn't necessarily that great. But I think that George Fant could be an option for the 49ers on an, uh, on an incentive-based deal. Uh, Juwan James comes in with injury history. I don't think the 49ers go that route, but there are a couple of older tackles that the 49ers could go after. George Fant, though, is the one that's right on the top of my mind. Maybe a Tom Compton uh, reuniting. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be interesting for sure. Real quick, though, do want to give a shout-out to the rest of the people that joined in the chat. 187, thank you for tuning in. JR Meadows, we already saw, shouted out Supreme69, thank you. Mark Pfeiffer, thank you as well for tuning in with your comment on Drake Jackson, Kali, appreciate you. And Nine in the Game Podcast, thank you guys for tuning in. Going to our next question here before we get to the topics, Harold brings up here a question. Any chance Sam Darnold gets traded, maybe to the Raiders, even Houston? Do you think that this is a possibility? A lot of people have focused on Trey Lance. He's the guy who potentially gets moved week one, understanding his value is likely the highest right now, and also, you know, um, the situation. Do you think Donald could get moved? I actually mentioned this a few weeks ago because um, with Brandon Allen kind of flourishing, and there was a lot of reports that, you know, Brandon Allen was someone that the Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers were feeling like was you know a solid quarterback there's already been precedence that the 49ers are willing to part ways with backup quarterbacks that they guaranteed money to right we saw just last year um that they did that after guaranteeing um the quarterback forget the, the guy's name but uh the guy that came over from the eagles they guaranteed him two or three million dollars and then they ended up cutting him because of how well brock purdy was performing in in the in the offseason program to me i think i think here's my hot take out of all the quarterbacks on the 49ers roster to me sam Darnold would be the first to get traded okay if okay. one is traded yeah i think that this is an interesting topic um i don't think honestly i any of them get traded this offseason when you look at Sam Donald specifically, I know you point out the president, obviously, a precedent, excuse me, obviously with um, uh, Nick, Nate Sudfeld last Nate year, Sudfeld. he got cut having $2 million of guaranteed money on that deal. Donald's deal is a little different. It's $3.5 million. And, I mean, even if the 49ers want to cut him, they could, they could, right? I just don't think that they do, understanding um, where they are with their quarterbacks right now. I think it's valuable to have – They, I think they had a plan going into the offseason where three quarterbacks – were going to be uh, like three quarterbacks they felt comfortable were going to be what they what they rolled in the offseason with, just like they did last year with Purdy and Garoppolo. I think that that's going to be their MO this year as well, understanding the injuries that they've had at the quarterback position and also the uncertainty right now. Because even though that there's been, um, uh, you know, good progress with Purdy, good progress with Lance and all um, – you know, with Lance obviously taking first-team reps, Purdy uh, in his recovery, you still don't exactly know what's going to happen come week one. And I don't think the 49ers expect Donald to start, um, you know, a lot of games. They they in, in the incentives, I think it's likely that he starts seven games or they they not start, sorry, is active on the roster for seven games, meaning they, they expect him to potentially be a backup for seven games um, 
obviously setting aside uh, time for some injury concerns if that's there. But I don't think that either gets moved. I think the 49ers prefer the depth. I know a lot of people pointed out the Brandon Allen hype maybe a little bit ago. I don't think that he's he he makes this roster. Even if Sam Darnold gets traded, I wouldn't. I, I don't think he makes this roster. The only way I think Darnold gets traded is if the 49ers are confident that Purdy is ready to start Week One, and also Trey Lance. You know, they uh, he wins the job, which is expected right now in terms of the backup. Yeah, I mean, I think the pecking order. If you've watched all of George Kittle's interviews this past week when he was promoting tight end, you he, he he dropped a lot of dimes that I think he wasn't. I don't think he knew what he. he I don't think he meant to say what he was saying. He, he was saying, but I think it gave. He done up. said it. He yeah, done he said, said it. it. And I it think is. there was a lot of. It gave us really good insight on what the team thinks, and I think that one thing that came out clear is the pecking order is set. Brock Purdy, QB1, Trey Lance, QB2, and then uh, whoever else is after that, right? So to me, I, you know, from what he said, everything is pointing in the direction that Purdy is going to be there week one. So I now, you know, I was somebody who felt like Trey Lance was going to start because I didn't think Purdy was going to come back ready. It seems like I'm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details going to be wrong on that one so you know Purdy QB1 Trey Lance QB2 I think is pretty definitive so I do think a guy like Sam Darnold if there is a package where they could get back some assets I do think that he is available because you mentioned that 3.5 million right um and but you also mentioned if they were to trade Trey Lance wouldn't it be around the same cap hit that they would have to pay you so it it is Lance's cap hit right now, or Donald's cap hit right now, is about five point seven million, and oh, okay. the dead cap hit is three million. Um, Lance's cap hit right now is nine million, but his dead cap hit is eleven million. So, um, in, in terms of the dead cap hit, you're essentially paying two more million than what you already are allotted to Lance if you trade him. For Donald, you can save two million based on what you already have, but you're losing three and a half million in space that you initially, you know, um, indicated would go. To Darnold, got you. So, but it makes more sense financially to keep Trey Lance over Darnold, obviously, and I think for football wise as well. So, yeah, out of those, like I said, I agree with you. I don't think any of the quarterbacks get get traded. However, if a quarterback is traded, my guess would be it would be Sam Darnold over anybody else. Yeah, 
Fatobo Hammer here with a cap question. How much do you think the cap is going to go up next year? I know the cap is expected to skyrocket within the next two years, I believe. Between uh, up to, uh, uh, like 2025, I believe, was the inflection point where uh, analysts believe it can go up to around 250. I don't exactly know the percentage. It like this. The the issue with this is obviously it it really depends on how the season goes because all the revenue the league generates indicates how the cap is going to go. I would, though, expect another increase. I, I forget exactly the number they're at right now. It might be 224, maybe an increase to like 232, 234, 230, somewhere around there. Um, so maybe a slight increase in terms of how the cap will go. I think that that's what I'd expect. But the next question, you just talked about Trey Lance, and this is where hypothetical situation comes in. I, I I was live with Marco yesterday when he posed this question about the week one starter for the 49ers. And Brock Purdy, right, there's been recent optimism with him in returning for the 49ers um, prior to week one so he can be practice, he can practice and be ready for come, come when week one comes. What if Brock Purdy returns to practice but doesn't look like his former self? He He's inconsistent. He looks on and off up until week one but he's back in practice you know and he's technically medically cleared to play week one would you play him or trey lance week one if lance continues on an upward trajectory throughout training camp and then afterwards in the preseason as well so you're asking me what i would do or do what what do i think shanahan's gonna do you what would you do or sorry what do you think let's go with both what do you think you'll do and what do you think shanahan does so if Purdy comes back and he doesn't, he's look, looking like a shell of himself, meaning like the things that made him good on the on the football field, we're not seeing like the elusiveness, the um, you know his his ability to like make plays, all that kind of stuff. The offense isn't moving, um, you know. He, he's throwing a lot of interceptions and all that kind of stuff. For me, I'm I'm and. And obviously, this is contingent on Trey Lance's making that stride that we've been hearing um, in the media, especially from guys like George Kittle that are saying he looks significantly better. And we're hearing all this stuff. If that is the case, I'm, I'm going with Trey Lance over Brock Purdy. However, I don't think that there's anything that Brock Purdy could do in practice outside of getting re-injured that Shanahan wouldn't give him QB1. I think he, you know, Shanahan is that type of person that if he's decided that this guy has, we've seen that we've been able to um, win consistently, which Brock Purdy has proven he's been able to do with this 49ers team. Um, Shanahan doesn't bench players based off of play. He only benches players based off of injury. So I think that Purdy starts week one, um, regardless of how he looks in practice. Yeah, I, I think that that is – this is an interesting topic. If we're talking about what I would do, if Purdy comes back but he doesn't look like himself, I think that that's an issue because what you're expecting from Brock Purdy isn't for him to look like himself from last year. No, you're expecting him to improve based on what you saw from last year. And so if the initial returns aren't great, I think that Trey Lance does start week one and you allow Purdy to – get some more practice time in order for him to to get back to where he was obviously this kind of means 
that you're gauging the quarterback situation a little differently than in the past because Trey Lance, I don't think he's going to have as big of a leash as um, he did in 2022 for sure, but then as any 49er quarterback has had in the past, I think this is the tightest quarterback competition we've seen if this is the case. And so he's gonna he's got to perform well to end up playing uh, or end up becoming uh, re- retaining that full time starter role. But I don't think that I don't think I'd play Purdy if he's if he if he doesn't seem like himself come week one. I don't think that uh, that's the best situation for him in terms of his play. And I think obviously you know then it would throwing him out there when he's not necessarily ready. I'm not saying medically ready, but just you know back to himself as a, in quarterback shape. I don't think that that's, uh, you know, the best situation for him. Now, as for what I think Shanahan would do, I think that really it comes down to the practices after we don't see um, what's going on, you know, because I don't think Purdy will be there in training camp. The the date that Matt Mayoko inadvertently sent out, you know, the August 21st date, if the full recovery is going as planned, leaving Purdy some time to prepare before the season, that's after training camp that's between the second and third weeks of the preseason so much of purdy's practice will be behind closed doors to where the 49ers can control you know what's uh what's going on with their quarterback situation and so i i do think that shanahan is going to look for whoever the best looking quarterback out there is the thing though right now is there's the expectation that it is purdy understanding that from the surgery quarterbacks are expected to return to their full form and that he's already throwing you're expecting him to be um, the quarterback that he was once he returns to practice and is medically cleared. That's the way that I look at it. But I think that Shanahan still will go with who he believes gives him the best chance to win starting week one. That's interesting. I think that would be out of character for, for Shanahan. But I think this situation calls for out of characterness out of Kyle Shanahan, just understanding that there's an urgency to win. And also that we haven't really seen the situation, obviously, before in the Shanahan era in terms of the, the, the quarterback competition itself, in terms of how how technically close this race is compared to in the past, and also the injury aspect of it coming back from it. Well, Maybe the injury aspect, I think that's a fair point. But last year, with Jimmy Garoppolo being there, it wasn't about who gave them the best chance because Jimmy didn't even have a chance to be able to be the starter, right? Um, so that's where I think that sometimes – But that's that's where I point out where it wasn't a quarterback competition, right? They specifically – and also, obviously, Garoppolo wasn't integrated. And to me, the reason that – Lance gave them the best chance wasn't necessarily because of how refined he was as a quarterback, but more so because he was the most, he was the quarterback most suited for the package that they were implementing the entire offseason, right? It was the Lance package. And I don't think that Garoppolo or Purdy in that package would have provided the results the 49ers wanted as compared to Lance, especially in the run game. I agree. But what I'm saying is it wasn't just the open competition and there's nothing that we've Nothing that we've heard per se from the 49ers brass that this is an open competition. It seems like it's Brock Purdy QB1 and everybody else is just kind of fending for the backup. I don't think I've heard the only way that the only reason that Trey Lance has been kind of given the opportunity to quote unquote compete is based off of injury. So I think if Brock Purdy is healthy, there is no QP competition. If Brock Purdy is injured, then that's the only reason why he's not playing. It's not because he's 
it's not because Trey Lance necessarily plays better than Brock Purdy. I guess it might be semantics. What I'm going after is like, I don't think that I don't think a healthy Brock Purdy that's playing bad is, is a reason why I don't think that's going to be a reason why Trey Lance gets to start. If Brock Purdy's healthy, I don't care. I don't think that it matters what his style of play is. I think he's going to be the starter. Fair. Okay. I think that's fair. I'll tend to disagree here in terms of what I think the 49ers do for the reason that I said. I, I do think that I hope you're right. Let's just put it that way. I hope yeah. you're right, but I just don't I don't mm. see Shanahan after especially Going after that what way. he said. Oh, I mean he's been he's it's very hard for him to say to, to anoint a starting quarterback and he did it. You know, he did it last year with Trey Lance. He stuck to that. He did it this year with Purdy. He said Purdy's healthy, he's QB one. I think that like they they're saying it's Purdy's job to lose, but we have heard Lynch say it's an open competition in terms of um, you know if uh, it, it it's it it's not solidified it's an open competition. We've heard that publicly, but in terms of Purdy's job to lose, I think if he comes back healthy, the expectation obviously is that he's going to be um, he's going to be his regular self. That's the expectation just based on how the surgery is expected to go and the timeline that he's given. I think that that's the baseline given for it's Brock Purdy's job to lose. Because I think if Purdy comes back and he he's he's looking like his regular self, there's not a chance that I think Lance ends up starting. I've said this before. I don't think there's a chance Lance, up, Lance ends up starting because the 49ers have seen in games that the offense that they're currently installing has been um, you know utilized to success by the by Brock Purdy. However, if he doesn't come back looking like him for a form, his former self, if he comes back looking like a shell of himself and Lance has proven through the offseason that he is able to effectively run the Purdy offense is what I'll call it, this the package that the 49ers utilized at the end of last year, then I think that they do go with um, Lance because I think that he does lose the job in that regard. That would be that, that would be awesome. I think that ultimately if it's the best quarterback plays, I think that's the best situation for the team. Um and that's what we would hope, you know. I would hope that it's that way, but I have my doubts. <laughs> Last quarterback topic, though, of the day doesn't revolve around Purdy or Lance. Instead, it revolves around Kirk Co. Cousins. <laughs> Report came out today: Kirk Cousins is not going through with any further extension talks with the Minnesota Vikings, scheduling him to be a free agent at the end of the 2023 season. 49ers and Kirk Cousins have been linked ever since Kyle Shanahan was named the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Could Kirk Cousins to the 49ers finally be a reality in 2024? Like anything is possible. Uh, for me, the only way that this would be a, a reality is if this 49ers season ends up being terrible, right? The only Because ultimately, if the 49ers have a terrible season it's because brock purdy and or trey lance show that they're not the they're, they're not it they're not the quarterback that could carry this team um and then in that case i think kirk cousins is an easy person to just slide in and give shanahan the type of qb play that he's looking for however i do not think that that's the case i think that the 49ers will ultimately solve their QB situation this year. And it's going to be out of Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. And in 2024, we'll have a definitive starter out of those two as our franchise quarterback. 
So you think by 2024 there will be a definitive starter between Purdy or Lance leading the 49ers to go away from Kirk? Yeah, I don't think that both of those quarterbacks are on our roster in 2020, at the start of 2024. What if the 49ers don't win the Super Bowl in 2023? Do you think Kirk Cousins becomes an even bigger possibility, or how do you feel it? Depends. It depends on what 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 the team. What was the reason why the team lost? What how how far did they go? Um, but ultimately, I would say no, because if one of these young quarterbacks was able to take the team, like let's say they take them to the Super Bowl and they lose, I don't think that that means that they're gonna switch quarterbacks and go with Kirk Cousins. You'd much rather have the younger quarterback that you could develop. That's you know cheaper, all of that kind of stuff. It doesn't make sense. The only way, like I said, is let's say, God forbid, the 49ers didn't even make it to the playoffs or it was like a brutal, you know, first, uh, you know, first round departure uh, from terrible quarterback play from one of these quarterbacks. Like that's when I think Kirk Cousin comes in. But uh, I don't think I don't see that as the case. I think out of Trey and Brock Purdy, one, if not both, are uh good enough to 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 be the franchise quarterback here and i think ultimately both of them will get a chance to play next year and we'll decide that for us i think i agree here and the reason being a couple of things well first of all monetarily right i think kirk cousins um he's been able to get his money he's been able to get his money with the minnesota vikings and he i just off the top of my head should easily be the 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 top guy to reach the open market next year because i don't think the minnesota vikings can franchise tag him under their current agreement and so i believe he'll be the top uh, quarterback on the market and there are going to be teams that want him you know we saw Derek carr just get a four-year 150 million dollar deal from the new orleans saints teams are going to be able to create cap space to get him and obviously you know the deal won't be the full 150 million or whatever but the quarterback market is at an all-time high and i don't see the 49ers um evacuating their plan which has been their plan for the last two years which is getting quarterbacks on rookie deals being able to utilize or take advantage of that situation where you're paying quarterbacks cheap money so that you can utilize the money elsewhere to to eventually essentially abandon that and go ahead and pay a quarterback 40 million dollars because it's essentially choosing do you want Brock Purdy and one of your star players, or do you want Kirk Cousins? That's kind of the way that I view it. And I think that Brock Purdy or Trey Lance or whoever the 49ers quarterback is, uh, once that gets solidified this year, I think that that pair, uh, like that pairing with whoever the star player is, is more valuable to the team than Kirk Cousins. Understanding, you know, you have likely these next two, three years, um, the duration of the rookie contracts to really get this quarterback situation down. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's, it's going to be fun for Twitter, uh, but in reality, I don't think it, it – I think it's a non-story. Yeah, I guess it's um, – I, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see because obviously, like you said, anything's possible when it comes to Kyle and uh, his quarterbacks, but we'll figure it out, and that, that'll be interesting. Harold here says, "Remember my prediction: Cousins will be here next season." So we've got a uh, we've got somebody on the Kirk Cousins. Hot by Harold. <laughs> yeah, man. Before we end today's show, want to give a shout out to the rest of the people that tuned in. Burton Fisher here, Dirty Weather, and Niner Fanatic Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Today was a fun show, Sunil. As always, I appreciate your time. Uh, any last comments before we head on out of here? Nope. 
you want me to do the the outro? Oh hell yeah! Do you have anything that you need to plug before we go? No, I don't. This has been a fun show. Uh, be sure to check out the channel and check out Forty Under's website for the rest of the content. But Sneil, take us on out of here. Stay safe, stay hydrated, and we'll talk again very very soon. See you guys later. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.